step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum more. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody. This is Punch It, episode 21. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. I am excited today, as I am every single week, not just because it's great to be alive... It's great to be walking around laughing and scratching, but it's also be it's it's great being a part of the Nerd Party, which everybody should go to. You should go to thenerdparty.com and check out all of our shows. But on top of all of that, I'm excited because we are talking about something that you are very passionate about and much more knowledgeable of than <laughs> movies and films, and that's TV. Yeah, I think I might have taken a little bit of a nerd hit last week with my lack of movie knowledge in my lexicon i am much more well versed in tv and we just thought we brought that up last week and just why not tackle it right now while it's fresh in our minds and the ideas are flowing so let's just do this thing (laughs) so yeah for those of you who didn't listen last week what we talked about was movies that have an ending that didn't quite hit the mark or endings that didn't quite connect with you as a viewer. And so what we did was, because this is Punch It, we would try to punch it up. And uh, we talked about what we would do differently with that film. And we had the bright idea of doing that with TV, where we would talk about TV series finales, whether it's something that we enjoyed, that we thought was great, or something that, again, missed the mark and what we would do differently. And uh, that uh, that is something where... It's TV is so subjective. I mean, film is too. I mean, like you're because what's great for you is not great for somebody else. And it's so hard to recommend something to someone. I actually talked about this on my other show, the one that I host with my wife called Nerd Nuptial, where we talked about the dangers of recommending TV and film to people. Because if you come back and you're just like, I invested six hours of my life in the first six episodes of that TV series and it was complete crap like you (laughs) they come at you like it was your fault that it was a crap show (laughs) like how dare you suggest i waste my time and watch this it's it's your fault i i never had the option of turning it off and just turning my back and saying you know what no i'm gonna watch something else it's all your fault tristan absolutely and actually you know what i do take a little responsibility for that because if i recommend a show I say, absolutely, you need to try this out, and they don't like it, I do feel guilty because I feel like, oh, man, I don't know you that well, or maybe I don't know you as well as I thought. (laughs) And maybe so, but like you said, it's such a subjective experience. What appeals to one person can be completely different from the next, and so all it is is saying, in my opinion, I think this is a good thing to watch. 
I enjoyed it. Maybe you will too. Yeah. It can't be a blatant statement. It's yeah, it it is true. It's it's hard. You just say like I enjoyed it. This is why I enjoyed it. it you know, it has good writing, it has good characterization, it has good acting, blah 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 blah. And right. if you miss it, you miss it. If you if you don't get it, you don't get it. Because we have a lot of contrasting personalities on the nerd party and a lot of different tastes. And the main thing that we talk about is TV and film. And it's so funny when we get uh, certain conversations. Go- well, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not so funny when we get certain <laughs> conversations going. And it's like, uh-huh. oh, I love this movie. And it's like, what? What is wrong with you? Why would you like that movie? <laughs> Yes, and it goes on all day, throughout the day, as for the merits and the drawbacks. And I mean, it's all in good fun where, you know, if somebody says, hey, get your head checked, it's it's not real. Fortunately, it's not like a real internet war, but it's like, dude, really? Come on, bro. And that that's that's a good thing about the nerd party, at least our internal conversations uh, most of the time, like 99% of the time. But the thing is, that is contrast to internet because 99% of the time it is volatile. And right. it's just so bad that we are in this culture of either it's amazing and perfect or it sucks. There's a lot of middle ground that we get to play around with. That's a really great area to experience. Yes. The Internet makes people take sides. You can't be somewhere in the middle. You have to be either absolute yes or absolute no. And you know what? The world does not work this way. I really hope that somewhere down the line, we as humanity kind of pull away from this massive polarization because i mean it really is tearing us apart in so many ways whether it's movies or politics or any issue at all whatsoever and especially if you are on facebook (laughs) you know what i'm talking about it's exhausting and and guys the world we want the world to be simple but the unfortunate truth is is it's not yeah it's really really not and and just like it is with series finales it's really subjective and sometimes it's so funny where you can love the same show where like how i met your mother for example where i'll just go ahead and get it i knew this was going to come up this show i think was the impetus of this idea in the first place because (laughs) speaking of polarization there's a lot of people who really hated this ending well that's the thing is that it's so weird that okay if you love a show that is a point of commonality with someone else when you meet someone for the first time you're starting a new job or you're introduced to a new friend or something like that when you say like oh i like how i met your mother they go oh my god i like how i met your mother too and you start riffing and all of a sudden like entire friendships can bloom from common interests like a tv show but then when you have something like a series finale oh yeah i guess i i didn't even think about that but yeah you and i are our entire friendship is based on our love of star trek voyager at least it was that's how it started that's how it all began right there yes Exactly. And so we've had a four to five year friendship where we are very close friends and talk almost every day. Thanks to Voyager. Yeah, all because we both like Voyager. And it might not be like some, it might be a stupid TV show, but it's our stupid TV show. Exactly. And, (laughs) but when you have, like, the point that I'm trying to make is that, that you have that commonality, you have that point of interest, that intersection, but you can have vastly different reactions to a series finale and how i met your mother did that where i have a lot of friends and family who love the show and 
I talked about how I was just like, oh, oh man, that ending was a horrible ending. And then a friend of mine who's, who's a close friend of mine was just like, what are you talking about? That was a perfect culmination of everything, blah, 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 blah. And it just goes to show that even though you like the same series, doesn't mean you're going to like the series finale. I think the series finale in and of itself is a massive event when you do like a show because whether we realize it or not, we have a lot of expectations of what that's going to be. We want probably some closure. We want to know how it's going to end. We want to know if the kids are all right, basically. And, uh, you know, depending on the show, there's a few different ways that this kind of goes about. I mean, some shows will resolve some things and leave some things open-ended. And maybe that's maybe oddly satisfying in a way. Right. Uh, whereas others want to tie up every little loose end with a bow and say, here you are. And maybe that's satisfying. And then ma- there's the ones that just completely, utterly fail. And <laughs> there's one show in particular I want to mention somewhere down the line in this podcast where it's not necessarily a series finale yet. It could be. I don't know if this show's going to continue. There's only one season of it. Should we just yeah, roll just, with that? Okay. Let's just roll into it. So what we're going to talk about is like what we said at the top of the show. We're going to talk about series and their series finales and some that we love and some that we hate and why we hate them or why we love them. So the show I'm talking about is Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, internet audience, Tristan recommended this show to me. And so spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, turn this off for a little bit, skip ahead and go watch it. If you want to, if not, I'm going to spoil it for you. I'm going to talk in some detail about what happens. Uh, well, okay. I'm actually going to try to not spoil too many details. I'll try to speak a little more generally. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a newer show. So this is kind of... Yes. So I want to back off a little. I Yeah, yeah I'm kind of surprised you're starting with Santa Clarita Diet because I'm pretty sure they are getting a second season. So this isn't a serious are finale. They? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't completely sure. And it sure is written as if it's getting another season because, I mean... What I really got out of the program was, I mean, this is not a deep program. This is not a thought-provoking program. This is even a little bit on the edge of absurd. You have to put your suspension of disbelief way out there and then just sit back and enjoy the ride in all of its absurdity. I mean, it's really just kind of goofy as a show, but it has some great comedic moments and the acting is wonderful. Drew Barrymore is in it. Oh, I forget the guy's name. Timothy Oliphant. Thank you. He's fantastic in this, though, even though I forgot his name. (laughs) And the thing is, though, is that last episode, it's written as if it's not a last episode. Things happen. There is absolutely zero buildup or tension that you would expect out of even a season finale. There is no closure. It just kind of runs, and then a half hour goes by, and then, oh, we're done. Cut. Yeah, it was a very unsatisfying season finale which <laughs> we're talking about a season finale here uh but okay, yeah it, it okay. was it was very it was very unsatisfying and it's one of those it's one of those shows where you go that's it really that's it like e- like if it was a series yeah. finale i would have thrown something up against the wall but since it's a season <laughs> finale i was like oh come on guys you know let's yeah let's- it felt like a cop-out even if it is a, a season finale it was just like they ran out of time and then that's where they're going to stop it's like when somebody in speech class knows that they're going to go over their time limit and then they skip the last point of what they were going to argue in their speech and then just wrap up the conclusion really fast and say that's all i've got 
it's really poor. <laughs> so that I found very unsatisfying because I think there's that expectation of if it's a season finale and especially a series finale, you want at least a little bit of closure. But with a season finale, you want some tension buildup and there was no real tension built up whatsoever in this. Well, let's let's transition into the series finale. So Okay. One, like you talked about several different roads that you can take. There's the type where everything's buttoned up and it's it's long and drawn out and everybody shakes hand and like the protagonist, right. you know, like has long time. Goodbyes. Yeah, like the protagonist has a, sing, a single goodbye with every single other character and, and, you know, moves on and everything like that. And then there's one where it's just like, no, these characters aren't stopping. They're continuing the mission. They're going to go on. They're going to they're gonna live on. They're going to live strong and everything like that. And then there's ones that are kind of unsatisfying where you're just like, well, what the hell did I just see? Now, one show that ended in a way that was very satisfying and is very much the shake hands and tie up loose ends was Parks and Recreation. This is on my Netflix list. I have not watched it yet. And I know I'm going to have people yelling at me yet again for not watching it. I am so sorry. I'm on a massive Babylon 5 kick right now. And so that is what I'm watching right now. You've already seen Babylon 5. You got to move on to the new stuff. Dude, I've got to do the rewatch with Gilfus for Filibuster. And I'm sorry, I, I know what to expect out of the show and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm watching Gilmore Girls anyway. There's only so many shows that I can handle at once. <laughs> All right. Well, here is something that I tell everybody. Skip the first season. Okay, why? Well, okay. It's only six episodes. Okay. And so you're not missing much. And if you need to, you can watch the first episode and then just go to the second season. The first episode will allow you to introduce the characters and then you can go to the second season. The first season was very much an Office clone. Like they were trying to, uh. to do the same thing as The Office and it wasn't working whatsoever. NBC almost didn't pick up the show for a second season because they're like, okay, guys, you tried it. You missed. It, it's fine. It's all right. You gave it your best. And then the show runners were like, no, 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 give us, give us another shot, give us another shot, and <laughs> and then the second season is just mind blowing, really great. They found their voice, they figured out what they wanted to say and what what who the characters were. The characters are much more well defined than in the first season, and it is Parks and Recreation, not The Office Part Two. Okay, very good to know, and I'll remember that if and when I watch this show. And with this, with this show, it has such well-defined characters where no one's really a stereotype and everybody's their own person. And even though you have favorite characters, you really do fall in love with everybody. Like, you might like some more than others, but everyone is a likable personality. You want everybody to win. You want everybody to be happy. And you have this protagonist of Leslie Nope, who is just a force of nature and is a type A personality and loves everybody and wants to do everything for everybody and make their lives happier. And then you go to the end and you have this episode where I don't always like this, but I thought that they did it really well, where they do flash forwards, where as the protagonist goes from character to character throughout the episode... Whatever she does is she touches whenever she touches another character, you see that character's future. You see them in 2020, 2032, 2050. You know, it's they do little beats throughout. And it's just really funny where she's like, man, I'm going to miss you and puts her hand on the character's shoulder. You see their future. And then she's going by and she shakes another person's hand and you see that character's future. So every single character gets their wrap up and then you end with the protagonist's future. And so, you know, like, not only is everything wrapped up, but you know 
how everybody is going to live their lives till the end of time. That is fascinating. I really like this idea. And that's one thing that I really appreciated about it. And, and I just, this is such a fun show and wholesome show and good show. And it ended in such a very satisfying way that when it's done, you're like, oh, it's over. Let's watch it again. You know, that, that, that's the kind of thing. And I'm talking uh-huh. about going back to the beginning. So it was really satisfying. It was very one of the most satisfying series finales, yeah. Oh, fantastic. So tell me, in general, do you like it when a series wraps itself up that completely? Like, is that what you look for? Is that what you want? It all depends because I think you have to be true to yourself. I think that's the key thing. You have to be true to the show. And I'm going to give two more examples yeah. Of a show, uh, like one where a show is true to itself and then one where it wasn't true to itself. Do it. And so you have the show Angel. Did you ever watch this show? Not in its entirety. I kind of caught little glimmers of it. It's not for everybody. It's a spinoff of Buffy and Buffy is wildly popular. A lot of people love Buffy. And Angel was kind of what I considered to be like, if Buffy was a high school experience, I felt like Angel was the grown up experience. Okay. It was a little a little darker, a little edgier, a little bit more evolved storylines. And I'm sure some people are very much disagreeing with me on this. Uh, <laughs> but I actually liked Angel more than Buffy. And it was a show about a vampire with a soul who was constantly trying to redeem himself for the past sins that he committed. All the people that he murdered, all the lives that he took. And so through these five seasons, we see him become a good guy, be a private detective and save the innocent, give hope to the hopeless. And the entire time through this show, they're teasing the apocalypse, where the apocalypse is going to happen. All the prophecies foretell that there is going to be the end times, and they don't know who the vampire with the angelic face, they don't know what side he's going to be on. Is he going to be on the side for righteous or a side for evil? And we actually get to the apocalypse in the last episode, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil some things for everyone, but we actually get to the apocalypse at the end of the last episode and people are dying. Like some characters make it other, other characters don't. And it all ends like they're in a, they're in a alleyway. And so like one person has a gunshot wound to the stomach. Another person is like almost beaten to death and it's raining like crazy they're all they're defeated they're just like what are we gonna do we can't go on Mm -hmm. and because it's the apocalypse is just starting and as they're in the alleyway they got the hero shot and they realize that it's not over anytime soon and the camera pans and you see this horde of demons coming at you and Mm. then you see things flying in the sky a demonic dragon just coming out of the sky and the, the camera turns to Angel, like one person says, what are we going to do? And Angel goes, I don't know, but I got dibs on the dragon. Credits. <laughs> For real, that's how it ends? That's how it ends. Oh my God. And so you're like, that is, I could see how that might be just like really satisfying and really unsatisfying at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing is that it, it toys with that idea where it lets you know that the apocalypse did happen, you know that Angel is on the side of righteousness and it lets you know that there is an epic battle taking place, but at the same time, it doesn't show you the end because they want you to think that these characters continue. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These characters will... Sure. It's representative of the show that the good fight is never won. The good fight is the fight that you keep on fighting. And that's how it ended because it can't end with them winning because where do they go from there? It's ne- it's never right. about winning. It's about surviving. And so they continue on. And that's why I thought that was appropriate for that show. Absolutely. And sometimes it's not as exciting when you do see the hero win. Right, right. You know, sometimes that's a little too neat. Sometimes it's a lit down. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of series finales will do that where – you might wrap up a part of the story and not all of your questions are answered, but you know that things are going okay and your characters are going on with their lives, but all is well. Yeah. You've had your one last hurrah. Now, and I know I'm talking for a long time, but the, the show that I wanted to talk about, which was a bad example of how it was not true to the show. And I think that's the thing is that you have to be true to yourself is Nip Tuck. Did you ever watch this? No, I was not interested in watching that show. It's a show that when it aired on FX, it was very intense for the time, as in it was very sexual, very, it can be very violent. And it was a show where people would say, hey, is that a, like, they would see me watching it, like in the lobby at college or something like that. And they say like, hey, is that a good show? Should I watch it? I go, no, you should not watch this show. And <laughs> because it was it was one of my guilty pleasures where I was just like, honestly, I shouldn't have been watching the show. It was too dirty. It was not a good influence, but it was just it was a soap opera with huge production value and really dirty. And OK, now dirty as in sexy time or dirty as in killing people. How is it dirty? It was dirty as in sexy time, but they also did mix in the occasional violence in every, so every, every time, every once in a while you'd see them interact with some very nasty people like gangbangers or okay. uh, rapists or deviants, you know, just like sometimes it, because what it is, the show is about two plastic surgeons in Miami and they lead very rich lives. And then sometimes they would have patients come in who weren't always on the up and up. Gotcha. And so, but the thing is, the show was so over the top. It was a very over the top show. Over the top clothing, music, uh, melodrama, situations, boobs. You know, just like, it was just craziness. (laughs) It was a crazy, crazy, crazy show. And every single season finale was just like, would have you in your on the edge of your seat literally going like, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? I cannot believe that they just did this. You know, it's just, it would make you go crazy. and You start rocking back and forth and sweating because it's so intense and, and insane. But the series finale was the most subdued and tame episode of the, sh- of the show I had ever seen. Oh, wow. So they changed tone completely. It was like I was watching a different show. and Oh, how weird. And it was so strange. And like some people applauded it saying, oh, they subverted expectations. I was like, no, you didn't deliver what you promised over the past previous five years. That's so strange. You think they would have just really blown it the freak up, you know, even beyond what they typically gone for. It's like the ultimate 
up yours finale. Like we're just going to put out all the stops. And they did the exact opposite of that, I guess. Yeah. And that's why some people to be hipster said like, oh, it was genius because they didn't go in the direction that you expected them to. And I was like, listen, I don't watch Nip Tuck because I I want a thought provoking show. I want Nip Tuck for the shock factor. And it's just, it was just so sad because like they even interviewed one of the lead actors afterwards and he, like they told him, they're like, yeah, a lot of people are complaining. And he said, he's like, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to explode your TV screen? And internally I was kind of like, yeah, I do. I kind of want you to explode my TV screen because you almost did in previous season finales. So yeah, that's kind of what the audience was kind of expecting out of this show that's what it did and it did it well and then they completely went against that and so so I completely see your argument even though I've never seen the show as to why it's not using the show's voice and it's not true to the show it betrayed itself you're I think what you said was perfect it didn't use its voice so yeah that's really odd to do especially for the very last episode oh come on and that's the thing is that it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you, you invest so much time and effort into not effort, but you invest so much time in a show and you follow these characters and you're enjoying every single minute of the ride. And then it ends with a, Oh, really? Right. And I mean, goodbyes can be very bittersweet, but you really hate to have that happen with the TV show. So what's, what's on your list? Like, give me, give me something that you're thinking about. Okay. Well, I wanted, since we are Trek fans, I wanted to bring up two series finales from the Trek universe because they are vastly different in how they executed and therefore the reception. First one is TNG's All Good Things, which I don't really want to go into the whole details of what happened, but one thing that I really do love about series finales a lot of times is the bookend value, where... Yeah. Things that connect from the very first episode are tied in at the very end. And so there is that nice little neatness to it. There's that symmetry. And this episode does that a lot. Both have Q involved with the court, with mankind on trial. And we have that whole thing. But really, I mean, what really makes this finale so incredibly sweet and rich and memorable is, of course, the... Uh, scene where Picard joins the rest of the crew for the poker game. Right. It's the one time that we saw him do it. He wishes he had done it a long time ago, and we pan out, going from the sky up, and we then the ship sails off, and it's just it's such a heartwarming, satisfying end. And like we know it's not over, over, but what a great end to that show! Going from a very stiff, uncomfortable Captain Picard to somebody who just loves his crew and is actually willing to kind of, forgive the phrase, let his hair down a little and join them just for a little bit of R&R and have a good time. This is a, if you Google best series finales of all time, nine times out of 10, this episode will be on a li- on that list. Yeah, usually. Whether you're a Star Trek fan or not, you will you would have known about this series finale. Yes. TNG was just lightning in a bottle. It was just such a fantastic show. It had a fantastic ending. And the beauty of it is, is that this was a show that didn't have an overarching storyline. It didn't have a goal for every season. It didn't have a goal. It didn't have a premise other than exploration. But it kind of told you that it did by the end of the show, by giving you that bookend, by saying, oh, this is the story of the show. The trial of humanity never ended. And that's what you witnessed. 
Yeah. I mean, that's pretty genius. And I don't think the writers of the show foresaw that. Like, you know, they didn't start off season seven saying, hey, this is how it's going to end. No, I think they just came up with it right when they needed to. Like you said, lightning in a bottle. And of all the Star Trek shows, and especially of all the Star Trek series finales, this is the one that people know. And yes. thank goodness, because it's so freaking good. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought this up. And I'm glad that you brought up Star Trek, because it needs to be talked about. Like, this is, if I had to choose one of the greatest series finales of all time within my own experience, like a, a show that mm-hmm. I like, because I know that there's some, you talk about New Heart, or, you know, Frasier, or, you know, Cheers, or MASH, or everything like that. Yeah, sure, I mean, yeah. All, all, all great series finales. But within my experience, in my life, the TNG series finale is one of the best, if not the best, of all time. Yes, agreed. I'm not sure if it's number one. It probably is in my book. I haven't actually gone through and made the list. <laughs> Definitely up there at the top, though. Such a memorable experience. I mean, I still remember quite vividly watching that very last episode with my dad. It was just, I don't know, it, it warms my heart just thinking about it. That's how great it is. It's true. You you leave with a... <sighs> yeah, that beautiful, ah, that happy <sighs> sigh of relief. Like, you're sad it's over, but at the same time, you're just... You're overcome with joy. You enjoyed the ride. Yeah. And also, if they ended it there, like if they didn't come out with any movies, you'd be like, it's okay. It's okay. Perfection. You might even argue you didn't need the movies. Right. Yeah. So, So yeah, you can't get a whole lot better than that. So, conversely. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, I wonder what you're going to bring up. (laughs) (laughs) there's a couple things I could bring up. I mean, we did do a Voyager podcast for four years, so I'm not going to talk about Endgame. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to talk about Enterprise. Yeah. And uh, among Trek fans, this is the one that people just really cannot stand, and that is these are the voyages. It is the last episode of Enterprise, but not in my book. This was the last episode of, I would say, the Berman era of Star Trek. But it is not the series finale of Enterprise. For one thing, the Enterprise cast is not, they're not the focus, really, of this show. You have Deanna Troy and Riker taking up a good half of the screen time. I don't know if it's half, but it is a good amount of time. It's a very good portion, let's put it that way. And it feels like the Enterprise cast is, they're just being supporters of this story dealing with Troy and Riker. Yeah. My series finale of Enterprise is Terra Prime and resolving the story that way because that, again, has the great bookends of where you have T'Pol and Trip, who could not even shake hands in the very beginning, holding hands, grieving the loss of their daughter that they just found out existed, and having hope that someday there will be people out there having half-human, half-Vulcan babies, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's it, it was a nice nod to Spock, you know, like that reference. Yes, you know, I thought it was absolutely, a, it, and it wasn't obvious, like it didn't hit you over the head with it. No, I did like it as a bookend with T'Pol and Trip, but I would have liked it even more if they got together officially, you know, like this, like. Well, yeah, that, that would have been nice. <laughs> that was my JC of Enterprise. Yes, yes, I shipped them too, big time. I shipped them pretty hard, and. I, I like okay I get it that some people say like oh no the series like and you just said it the series finale is Terra Prime not these are the voyages and I would love to say that as well but the problem for me is 
it still doesn't feel like a series finale. It doesn't give me enough closure in order for me to say that's my series finale. Mm, okay, what would, since this is Punch It, how would you have punched it up and made it more complete for you? Oh, I know geez. I'm putting you on the spot here. That's a big task. That is a big task. Oh, okay, so with okay with with Terra Prime, I I feel like you would just need to have a little bit of a different epilogue where the the whole story behind Terra Prime is that you have this terrorist group who is trying to keep Earth for humans and kind of curb our exploration of the galaxy. Yes. They want to keep us grounded because the more that we explore, the more we invite the dirty aliens back to to Earth. You know, that is a timeless message that sadly we're still d- dealing with. Right. That fear just changes subjects is all. Xenophobia is rampant in in this storyline as well as in our lives. And I would have made that a little bit more intense where it's not so much just a terrorist group that you could just erase and move on or defeat. I would mm-hmm. have had this ideology infiltrate the Federation and Starfleet, say like, have it raise as a bigger question say like do we need to stop do we need to slow down and maybe the vulcans are like maybe they're like maybe the vulcans were right maybe we're not ready like it's just i know that's a common i know we we dealt with that a lot throughout the show where it's just like are we ready are we not and some people are probably rolling their eyes going oh tristan come on we dealt with that but maybe don't put the don't make it the are we ready are we not make it the conversation of is it worth it Yes, yes. And have that coming from the very top. I mean, the people who could, you know, who could possibly shut it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a serious threat for people like Archer who are out there doing these things. Suddenly, are they not going to have jobs? Is this just going to stop for a while? What's going to happen? Are we going to lose a generation of explorers because of politics? And which is another theme that we're dealing with right now. (laughs) Yes. And yes. so if they did something like that, make it systemic instead of just a one terrorist group, you know, have them beat the terrorist group, but also have them do it in a way that with the help of aliens, they were able to make them hit really hit it home that, yeah, we had that massive attack from the Zindi War. Yeah, we were almost wiped out at the end of the Zindi War, but we won and we won with the help of aliens. And whether we like it or not, we are a part of the galactic community and we cannot reverse that. The only way that we can do it is by moving forward. And through this episode, Archer and crew shows and proves it to the Federation. Oh, actually, uh, there is no Federation. Not yet. <laughs> so so people uh, like people who were rolling their eyes earlier. Yes, I did catch myself. There is no Federation yet, but they prove it to Starfleet. They prove it to the Earth Force, whatever that it is worth going forward and they aren't going to let the terrorists win and that's how they do it. And then that's the series finale is that the exploration continues. It's not so like since they, these are the voyages I'm going on and on. And this is totally your show. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) It's our show. Well, I mean, you brought it up, but like these are the voyages was a grasp at straws. It was a grope, if you will, to get the birth of the of the Federation in there, and they didn't have a good idea on how to do it. They're like, oh, crap, we're canceled. We're canceled two seasons early. How are mm-hmm. we going to show the birth of the Federation? That's what we were going to do with the show. And instead of abandoning that premise and doing something good, they did the whole Riker and Deanna as a framing device showing the future. Right. They did the nostalgia factor is what they did. They did the nostalgia factor, and they could have just jumped forward in time, which I don't really like time jumps too terribly much. 
Or they could have done something where this is going to continue and they're going to show the signs of the beginning of the Federation instead of just the birth of the Federation. That is how I would have punched it up and have Trip and Paul smooch. Oh, all the time. Regularly. And, yeah. l- and let it be known that they smooch a lot when they're not on camera. Totally. Yeah, instead yeah. of what happened, and I don't even want to talk about it because it makes me that upset. That's the worst part of These Are the Voyages oh, of what yeah. we're not speaking of. Yeah. I was actually throwing things at the TV when that happened. I was so disgusted. I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, I understand why people hate this so much now. I really yeah. like your idea because Star Trek brings up the tough questions and it makes perfect sense to go into a little more detail about questioning. Yeah, is this worth this Is or is this worth it? Should we keep going? Uh, what are the ramifications if we do try to close this door, even though it's too late because it's already opened. Now what? Yeah. 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 We did need a little more introspection, I think, rather than firefights and, you know, chase scenes and (laughs) all that. So, yeah, darn it. Well, another lost opportunity. It's, that is what it is. That said, I still think Terra Prime is still pretty decent. Oh, no, it's a good show. It's a good episode, yeah. Yeah, but I would have especially enjoyed it had they tied it up with something where they do tie in with the birth of the federation toward the end like let's let's see what leads up to that that's something we wanted so bad too and it was so poorly executed that we really could have done just about anything else and it would have been better as we're 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 slowly running out of time already one thing that i want to talk about is how series finales that are no longer series finales Okay, yes, this is kind of a newer thing that's happening. It's very hipster. Yeah, it's because of revivals. I mean, it could be argued either way, where it's like, oh, that was the series finale that w- that ended that chapter, and then you just have a revival show. Or some people argue, no, this is like season eight, or this is season four, and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. there's three, sh- three shows that I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, do tell. Where there's Arrested Development. Yes. There's The X-Files. Yes. And then there's Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yes, and you can't spoil the revival of that one too much because I'm only on I'm season not. three. I'm Kay. not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it at all. I'm not gonna spoil it at all. All right. So. So with Arrested Development, they fought really hard. They'd only had three seasons, and they fought really, really hard to get renewed and get that fourth season, but they didn't make it. They tried to go to a different network. They tried to go to HBO, Cinemax, to another major network, and they couldn't do it. Nobody wanted them. Which, what the hell, by the way? I know. It was it was hailed as one of the greatest shows you're not watching. Yeah, yeah. And it really was. I don't think anybody really watched it in its time, but now it's a huge hit on Netflix. And even before that, it was a DVD hit is what is Oh, is was why. it? Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it was one of those shows that got canceled and then the DVD sales just skyrocketed. And, so the, and Fox is like, oh, crap, what did we do? <laughs> and, but the thing is, though, is that even though they desperately tried to have a season four, they crafted a very, very good ending to season three, where it was a complete story. You yes. could watch it from beginning to end, and like you would have thought, oh, this was a planned three-season arc. <laughs> and the beauty of that was just good writing and good ideas. They had it in their back pocket the entire time, and so they just finished a little early. And I was actually, like, even though I was sad, like, because I discovered it in the DVD era. I didn't discover it live. And even though I was sad that it was over and I would rewatch them countless times. I mean, over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. We watch them repeatedly in our house, too. 
I was happy that there were three perfect seasons. There was not a bad season. There wasn't an episode that was bad. I mean, there were episodes that were better than others, but there was no stinkers. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect three-season show. And I was so happy that I was like, okay, it didn't get extended, but at least we don't have anything horrible. Right. Yeah, it's very solid. Then season four came along on Netflix. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it was a steaming pile of feces it was absolutely horrible it was grotesque in its horribleness (laughs) you know i don't i don't think i hate it as much as you do i definitely see a lot of flaws i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they did not have the entire cast there at the same time to film it feels very fragmented the storytelling method is a little weird because they kind of go back on things and then move forward again and it just didn't work This isn't really a critique of season four. It's just a question of with this happening, you know, like does this like sometimes it can affect the series finale. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you can just separate yourself and go like, okay, that doesn't matter. We're just going to pretend that didn't happen. And with the rest of development, I kind of do that where I'm just like, okay, season four didn't happen. Um, (laughs) And I can watch seasons one through three and that's it. I don't feel the need to go to season four. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is the story. And with the X-Files, I didn't really like the series finale. I thought it was a little weird. But then that Mm -hmm. was because I thought that they went on two seasons too long anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, like, one thing that I didn't like about the series finale was it tried to recap everything. It tried to recap the previous nine seasons in one episode. Yeah, and just know. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't work and you didn't get the, you didn't get the invasion, you didn't get the war, you didn't get what they promised the entire show and so you're just kind of like what's the friggin' point? <laughs> you know, I think even before the series finale, I kind of reached that point with X-Files because for oh, what yeah. little tidbits we would get, it was not enough to keep moving things forward and like we could be going on season 28 and still be going at a glacier pace and not know anything. And then you have the revival, and when they announced it, it was like, oh, great, we're going to get the invasion. We're finally going to get the invasion, and and they can finally wrap up the storyline that they should have when they had two seasons of opportunities to do it. And we're like, oh, thank goodness, finally Chris Carter will have the opportunity to finish what he started and correct the wrongs that he did in the original. And guess what? No, he just pulled down your pants and slapped you on the ass and then called you Sally, and that is what... (laughs) The X-Files revival felt like. That is a fascinating visual there with Chris Carter spanking. But that's kind of what he did. Yeah, there was so much potential for that revival. We knew we weren't going to get many episodes. So I figured they're going to make the most of what time they have and go out gangbusters and give us such good, rich content. And then there was one episode that was really decent. And the rest of it was just pure and utter crap. My jaw was on the floor. I started getting bored. And I'm just like, why? It was sort of like watching the second X-Files movie all over again. I want to believe. I'm like, why am I wasting my time watching this? Exactly. It's like they learned nothing. He had Chris Carter had so many years to get this right. I know. If True Detective can come out of nowhere and give us mind-blowing storytelling in eight episodes, You'd think that Chris Carter, with nine seasons of a base, would be able to achieve great storytelling in six six episodes, but no. But anyway, I digress. Sometimes it can hurt the show. Sometimes it can hurt your legacy. 
Sometimes you can just ignore it. With Gilmore Girls, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm not going to spoil the the series finale, and I'm not going to spoil the revival for you. Okay, appreciated. All I'm going to tell you about is that the series finale of the original run was one of the most satisfying series finales I've ever witnessed. Okay, wow. I love it. I love it. I think it's perfect. And I do not throw that word around lightly. I think it is a perfect series finale to the entire show. And not everything is wrapped up and not everything has to be. But you just get this feeling of, yes, it's done. But yet these people are moving on. And this is exactly what I wanted. But I think I'm in the minority about this one. Oh, really? Okay. What did people want? A lot of people didn't like the series finale of Gilmore Girls. And I have no idea why. I could not tell you why they did not like it. And so that's why I'm okay with telling you this because you might hate it. You might love it. There's no knowing until you actually see it. And so when the revival came out, I'm not going to tell you how I felt about the revival, but it made me nervous because I enjoyed it so much. Uh Uh-huh. Because I thought it was such a perfect ending. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What's going on? Don't ruin it. Please don't. Yeah, it, that's the thing is that like when you when you end perfectly, you can only screw it up. It's not like you can get more perfect if you continue. Right. You can't go out on top and then go out on top more. Right. So there you go. That That's that new way, new wave that I'm talking about is that where you have these serious finales, but then all of a sudden, no, you don't. Yes. And we're only going to see more of this because apparently Hollywood just has no originality <laughs> hardly at all anymore. They've got to bring everything back, including the stuff we don't even want. Well, do you have anything more that you want to talk about? Uh, I think we really ought to stop this one and save it for next time because I could go on with this all freaking night. And clearly I did. I feel like I'm enough <laughs> the time and I apologize. Oh, no, no, don't feel bad. I feel like we brought up some very good stuff. And the thing is, there's just so much more we could cover with this. This is going to, I think, be a recurring topic for us oh, yeah. on Punch It. So don't you worry. I talk enough on this show. To- <laughs> I'm not sad. Uh, yeah, no, let's pick this up again and we'll go through a few more things that I had on my list. All right, awesome. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to say it right now. Let's do it next week. You just want to continue? Let's do a part two next week. I'm on board. Let's go. And I'm just going to let you talk the entire time. (laughs) Oh, God, please no. I'll get sick of my own voice while I'm editing. Just like, shut up, Char. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for checking us out. And we hope that you check out everybody else on the the network. Please go to thenerdparty.com. Check out all of our other shows. We got 10 shows for you to pick from. We got new episodes coming at you every single day of the week. And we're very proud of that. And please find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash the nerd party. You can find us on Twitter as well at join nerd party. You can find me personally on Twitter at the insane Robin. And you can find me at Oh, the profanity. Now we definitely found some series endings, some series finales, and we found our ways to punch it up. And next week we're going to continue that trend and punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.